0: We've been to all four corners of Britain in our quest to interview the great and good of entertainment. Comics, actors, writers, politicians, singers, dancers and choreographers. It doesn't matter who they are. They've all given me their own take on the world they live in and have, in their own way, helped to define what makes Britain great. So join me and my assistants as we get another insight into the marvellous and enigmatic world of showbiz, here on Beyond the Title.
1: Australian entrepreneur Mark Wright moved to the UK in 2012 with nothing but a passion for business and a love of digital marketing. Building his IT solutions company from grassroots attracted the attention of BBC producers, and in 2014 he joined the 10th series of The Apprentice. Over the process, Lord Sugar saw promise in Mark and his business proposition was too much for Sugar to turn down and was crowned the winner of the show. This offered him the opportunity to further his business model, the IT solutions company Climb Online, and in 2018 the company won Entrepreneurs Team of the Year at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. I caught up with the reality star and business tycoon to talk business, TV and his hopes for the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Mark Wright. So firstly, it's been a harrowing time for business. How do you think the business sector will change in light of the challenges of COVID? Well, even for my business, it's been
2: some of the hardest 12 months I've ever experienced. We lost 42% of our business in the first week of COVID, and it was a really challenging period. But I think it's been overall a positive because it's forced us to experience working from home. Uh, Communicating online like this has shown us that you don't always need to travel in person. You can have effective meetings like this. Technology has allowed us to continue business as normal. So I think there is some positives and it's also shown just how amazing people and businesses are, how quickly they were able to adapt. And I mean, Josh is an example of this. You know, people are thrown into situations every day in business and life and the ability and the speed in which people adapt and the human spirit is amazing. So I think overall people and businesses will be fine. It's just a matter of learning and adapting your products right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving to England from Australia in 2012, what was the draw of the UK and how has it met your expectations?
2: Well, when I was a young boy growing up in Australia in the bush, we always used to talk about England because we played them in rugby and cricket all the time so we knew of england from beating them at rugby and cricket all of the time um so i always wanted to visit and my dad always had jokes about english people saying they didn't shower and all we have all these jokes about what happens in england and i was really uh, when i grew up i always wanted to come over here and see buckingham palace and see europe and all of that stuff and i traveled for a bit to the uk And I absolutely loved it here. My brother teases me because I've always called the UK the land of opportunity. I believe for business, there's no other place in the world that gives you the opportunity and the support like the UK does for business. So I made it my goal to come here and see if I could start a business with nothing. And when I got here, I had 170 pounds. I was living in a hostel um, in London, in Victoria. I had no money and I became a millionaire within four years. And I know that sounds really crazy to say that, and I don't say that to show off. I came here with two pairs of jeans and a backpack from Australia, and I've made five businesses. I employ hundreds of people, uh, and it's changed my life. Everyone can do that. If I can come here and do it, anyone here, imagine if you're English, the opportunity that's around you every day to be successful in business.
1: Yeah.
3: Ooh. You say that and you uh, mm. um, Yeah, basically.
1: What you're saying is, if you've got the right drive and ambition, anyone can do what you've sort of achieved while during your time here, living here.
2: That's ex- ex- exactly right. Is there's not a lack of resources anywhere? I don't think there's a lack of resources anywhere in the world. There's a lack of ambition, and when I came here with nothing, it encouraged me to work harder. Will I Would I have achieved the same thing if I stayed in Australia? I don't know. And, and again, you know, to use Josh as an example, look what he's doing in his life and all of the excuses he's got not to do anything. He could have the best excuses in the world to do nothing with his life and say, look at the cards I've got, but he's got a podcast, he's in the media, he's doing all these amazing things because he has every excuse not to. And I think people take, luck you know where they are for granted every day it's too easy in this country particularly to not be successful because society allows you to be you know have your food be healthy by doing nothing at all and i think we need a bit more ambition and to set our goals and dreams a bit higher because you really can achieve whatever you want in life
1: if you've got the right mindset absolutely IT is notoriously portrayed in sections of the entertainment industry as being nerdy and geeky. How significant, <laughs> how significant are high-profile figures such as yourself to reversing the stigma and the stereotype?
2: Well, what I found is uh, girls at school didn't like nerds. Uh, and then girls, when you're nerdy as an adult, they really like you. Um, and being, being a nerd now is really cool. Look at Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates... Uh, all of these nerdy people, Elon Musk is a nerd. All these people are nerds. Lord Sugar is a nerd. But when, what, what was a nerd at school because of IT and being smart and, and being interested in technology, that then turned to people producing things that we really needed in society like computers and technology and vehicles and whatever it might be. I like being nerdy and I like being in the technological sector because... I see things changing people's lives every single day because of the products and services that are coming out. Uh, and technology is really helping people. I think some of the stuff that's, a, you know, five, 10 years away to help health and wellness, mental health um, is really going to change society for the better, you know, particularly with things like robotics and AI I think we're living in the future, and the next 10 years is going to be amazing, and what we're going to see in the business space.
3: (laughs)
1: So have you ever chatted up a girl talking about business or is there a sort of a, is there a limit to what you can uh, use as material when... uh, Talking
2: to the fairer sex. <laughs> oh, uh, Josh, let me tell you, I use whatever I can. I do whatever it takes. <laughs> 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 I... Um... What I will say is, when I won The Apprentice, I started getting a lot more attention. I don't know what that was about. I don't know why I didn't get attention before I won The Apprentice, but they seemed to be a lot more interested once Lord Sugar was my business partner and I had hundreds of thousands of followers on social media.
3: yeah and they probably
1: thought you're in the only way essex as well yeah
2: uh you're you're being mean to me because he's much well I, I tell the girls i'm the good-looking mark right he's the ugly mark right but i'm not sure how true that is
3: <laughs>
1: uh. Uh, In 2012, you applied for the BBC's Apprentice. We've all seen those cringeworthy, introductory videos of those egotistical candidates, but what made you think that you had something which Lord Sugar would like? Well, uh, what
2: really upsets Lord Sugar when I say this, but I'll say it anyway, I had no idea who he was. I hadn't seen the Apprentice and I hadn't heard of Lord Sugar when I moved here from Australia. But I really wanted to start my own business and I needed some money to start my business. Um, And because I'm from Australia, I wasn't able to get a business loan um, from the banks here in the UK because I didn't have a credit history or any bank accounts here in the UK. So I needed investor financing. So one of my friends suggested that we tried out for The Apprentice and I went to the tryouts. There was over 75,000 people at the tryouts. And um, It was my way of one, getting a mentor because I believe mentoring and coaching is the best way to be successful in business. But also I needed the money to start my firm. So that's the reason I went on there. Now, I studied the show before I went on. So once I knew I'd got on, I went back and watched all the episodes and I studied the analytics of it. So I understood which projects to put myself forward as project manager, which ones not to, where I should place myself, etc. And I'd watch the patterns between the people who had been on the series before and won. So I knew, you know, what I needed to do for my highest chance of success. And it worked really well for me. Um, so did I believe that I was going to win when I went on there? I said to all my friends and family that if I got through week one, I would win the show because I believe week one is a statistical nightmare. If you're project manager in week one, you've got pretty much a 50-50 chance of being fired. If you can survive through week one and get to know Lord Sugar and he gets to your name and personality, maybe, just maybe you've got a chance of winning it. So that was my theory
1: and thank God it it worked. (laughs) Uh, Obviously we see a very small percentage of the action and. We all know about the heightened world of television. So did everyone get on or was it really that cutthroat? It was more cutthroat than you see on
2: the telly. And that's the weird thing that you can't, it's very hard to get across is you're going out, on the tasks each day with the other contestants and you're saying really bad things to them. They're saying really bad things to to you. You're scheming against your fellow peers all day. And then you go and live in a house with them at night and there's some pretty ugly fights that happen in the house. A lot of people yelling at each other, fighting about things that isn't caught on camera, but it's a highly charged environment to make sure, and I think the production do this on purpose, where they're constantly stoking the fire to make sure that when the cameras start rolling and we start filming, it's just carnage. People are yelling at each other, abusing one another, which makes for great TV, but it's not a very comfortable living environment. (laughs) So I I was really tired the whole thing was like a game for nine weeks when I was in the house every moment I was on and every piece of information I told my colleague had you know there was a meaning tied to it it was part of the game and um, it was tough it was really really tough and you know there's some big fights there's some people that get together and hook up in the house which I wasn't expecting there's a lot of things that happen that I'm not allowed to talk about but it's pretty crazy I'll say that much.
3: Yeah. Oh, what
1: the house? Yeah. No, that would never happen. Josh just said uh, maybe as a bit of a plot twist that they could do a live stream of the house, Big Brother style maybe know, showing a bit more of what goes on
2: you know? it could be like the apprentice at day and love island by night it would be oh, like two yeah. shows as one <laughs> there's, there's, there's spin-offs there waiting to be created <laughs> yeah, it
3: yeah.
2: might kill our credibility when you see what happens at night oh, <laughs> no yeah. one would buy from your business <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely <laughs> Uh, How significant is it to steer a team to victory as project manager? It's
2: massive. I think when you're the winning project manager, um, the credibility that it gives you is huge. It buys you so many points in the boardroom to help you not get fired in the later weeks. I don't think I ever won as project manager. I actually think I lost one of the most times in history, but that's, let's not worry about that. But winning as a project manager is amazing and it gives you so many points because you're able to go in and say you can't fire me because i won as project manager in this week and it's it gives your cv a lot of credibility but i think what's really important in the apprentice but what lord sugar's looking for is someone who's not playing up to the camera that's being authentic and that's being themselves but is also not A lot of people go into The Apprentice and really watch what they're saying in the boardroom, out on the task. They don't say what they really mean because they're worried that they might get in trouble, they might say the wrong thing and they might get fired. But what Lord Sugar wants is a business partner that will come forward, be very strong, lead by example, but just say what's on their mind, even if it's the wrong thing. He wants someone that is prepared to just do something even if it's the wrong thing because... He wants action and strength. And I picked up on that quite early and, you know, I made some huge mistakes, but I actually think that helped me more than hindered me.
1: Yeah. I think that as a viewer, just watching over the years, he really hates the people that duck and hide the people that just yeah. stay back and don't say anything or do anything on the task or in the boardroom itself. He just and he tells you them. that he tells you that at the start, he's like, if I
2: catch you, Hiding, you know, not putting yourself forward as project manager, not saying what you're thinking about someone. If you're trying to hide back to go further, I will find you and fire you the first person. But people still do it, it's crazy.
3: Yeah,
1: and it's those characters who come onto the show thinking they can outwit and outsmart Lord Sugar, and they soon find out that they can't, and then he sniffs them done. out. <laughs>
2: he's done it for so long. He's done he's an expert, you know, he's been in this game for so long. He's done nearly 15 series of The Apprentice. He's seen it all. Um, I think you've got to come on there and be yourself. You've got to put yourself forward. But also, I think a lot of people come on to The Apprentice for the wrong reasons. They want to be famous. They want to be a news anchor. They want to go on to Big Brother. And they're not using it for the business reasons. And Lord, that is Lord Sugar's biggest number one pet hate, is people who want to be famous, that yeah. are using his program to come on to to get famous and they're taking someone's chance to get a business investment and he goes crazy about that
3: yeah. Oh, you mean the
1: hope of getting more? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, these people that come on looking for that extra bit of fame, Josh was just saying. It's already prime time on BBC. They're already in the spotlight. So isn't that enough for them? They've got their moment on telly. They should use that to, like you say, for the business side of things. Or if they do have the other ambition of being like a celebrity, then that's a big enough platform.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and again, on the, on the flip side, the BBC is probably the wrong sort of platform for them to think that they can go on to those other things, other, other ventures, you know, using it as a springboard. Well, Josh, let me tell you, you're much smarter than some of the contestants that go on there because
2: that's exactly right. And the ironic part is, is the people that go on and be themselves and win and do great things on the program become 10 times more famous than the people that go and do stupid things to try and be famous. Mm. And that that's the ironic part about the whole thing. And you, occasionally you'll get someone crazy like Katie Hopkins or someone like this that goes on there and really does try and be famous and they get what they're looking for. But nine times out of 10 people make themselves look silly and they are silly. So, you know, it goes for anything in in life and business. Just do it for the right reasons and be who you are, you know, be authentic to who you are and people will either like you or they won't, but at least they won't like you
1: for what you're not. Yeah. You already mentioned her name. That was the first name that springs to my mind every time, you know, when you think. It's Katie Hopkins. Yeah
3: say no more <laughs>
1: yeah, Josh would just say, um, if your true intentions are to go on there and make a real go of your own business, and you're looking for that investment, it's all about maintaining your own integrity and like your image. So why would you go on there and just throw that one away, basically? No. Like,
2: yeah. 100%, 100% and there's programs like Dragon's Den and Apprentice which I think is amazing because if you're a young kid and you watch Big Brother or Love Island I don't think that's setting a good message if you watch Dragon's Den or Apprentice or one of these programs they're educational but also they're you know I took it responsible that young people were looking up to me to hold myself accountable, to be an example of what's possible. You know, not having a six-pack and going on a beach, I don't think that's something to look up to. I think starting a business with products that help people is something to look up to, and I took my responsibility seriously.
1: Absolutely. Uh, By winning The Apprentice, you became part of an elite group of people who have been victorious on TV reality shows. How do you use this status to your advantage? Well, it's very hard
2: to understand how famous, I'm going to use the word quote unquote famous. I didn't realize how popular the program was. When I went on um, The Apprentice, I had 80 followers on Twitter. I was very well known with my 80 followers. And when I came out of The Apprentice House, I had 190,000 followers on Twitter and I had 25,000 on LinkedIn and 20,000 on Instagram. So I went from 80 followers to 150,000. And everywhere I went, people want selfies and talks and all of this stuff. And when I was 24 years old, it was like amazing. I didn't realize what was happening. Now I'm a bit more used to it. Um, But I've decided to use my profile to make my business bigger and help people. I love enjoying doing business talks, business podcasts. I think I've been so lucky to be mentored by Lord Sugar for six years. I've had a billionaire, one of the most famous businessmen in the in the world, coach me for over six years about everything in business. And I now hold it as my responsibility to coach other people and teach them what I've learned because it's no good Lord Sugar teaching me and me not helping anyone else. It's my responsibility in that elite group that Josh says to to help others as well. And that's and that I really enjoy coaching
1: and speaking on stage and doing podcasts. How much contact and guidance do you have with Lord Sugar? Too much, unfortunately. He was just WhatsApping me before this um,
2: podcast. He's very hands-on. And what I'll say is one question, that there's two questions everyone asks me about The Apprentice, is when the phone rings in the morning, do we really have 20 minutes to get ready before we've got to get in the cars? And the answer is yes. Uh, When the phone rings in the morning, we only literally have 20 minutes before you've got to get dressed and get out onto the task. And the girls put their makeup on in the middle of the night and lay down with their makeup on in the bed. That's easy when you're a guy. Um, And is what's Lord sugar like in real life? And the answer is he's really scary. He's really tough. And I know he comes across tough in the boardroom on the apprentice, but he's, two or three times more tough in real life. Where Claude is really scary on The Apprentice and he's really soft and friendly in real life. He's like the opposite. But Lord Sugar was living in a council estate in Hackney And he was broke as a flat as a pancake. And he's now a multi-billionaire. I don't think you get that way in life by rolling over and taking it pretty easy. He's a tough guy. He works hard and he doesn't suffer fools. And you learn that very quickly. You need to be able to work hard. You need to be able to work long hours. And he gives feedback. If you're doing stupid stuff, he tells you and he gives you some very tough conversations so you know out of all of the winners i'm only one of a few left with him and it's because it, winning the apprentice is easy compared to running a business with lord sugar
1: because the lessons come thick and fast once you win the show yeah you've already uh, answered one of the questions i was going to slip in because the other day i joked with josh when he told me we were on with you today doing this interview i said you've got to ask him the, the question the phone call at 4 a.m 20 minutes to get ready, and I'm sure you get asked it all the time, like you just said. I just can't believe it. It's the number one
2: question. You know, I I I thought there'd be so many different ones. It's the top question I get asked. Like, I'll be in the supermarket, and someone will say, "Is there only 20 minutes to (laughs) get ready?" And like for some reason, that's the thing everyone's mind latches
1: onto is the time we get to get ready. Madness. at any point, there's up to what twelve of you in the in the show and in that house, and you think that's only about a minute or so each. That you get in the bathroom, you get to iron your top. You see that everyone doing their yeah. shirts. Everyone, like you say, with their hair and makeup, and if it, is everyone showered and <laughs> you know those sort of things. Uh, it, yeah. yeah, I think you just get quite good. Josh, do you think you could
2: do it in twenty minutes? Would you be dressed and ready in twenty minutes? No,
3: no, no. Oh, I. No you
1: can't do anything under pressure, you can't even have a wee.
3: But Oh my god. Oh god. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. oh yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, this is probably another common question you get. The lady in the waiting room, when you're all outside the boardroom, when she receives that magical phone call, as is portrayed on TV, Lord Sugar will see you now. Or what does she actually say? What happens in that whole transition? If you're all waiting out there, okay. I've I've not meant to tell people this, but I'm going to tell you, Josh. Don't <laughs> tell anyone.
2: Uh, so she is a she's a paid actor, as 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 what I'm told. But she actually. That is a real phone and, and Lord Sugar has a real phone and he legitimately calls her and says, send them in. And she says, Lord Sugar, will see you now. And we go in, but um, she is an actor as far as I'm aware. But one thing that's really interesting which is another question I, you may wanna know is do I have to call Lord Sugar, Lord Sugar now after I've worked for him for so many years? And the answer is yes. So I've never called him Alan, and he hates being called Sir Alan. That's his secret pet hate. He has to be called and loves being called Lord Sugar. And his rule is that if you knew him before he was Lord Sugar, you can call him Alan. If you met him after he was a Lord, you have to call him Lord Sugar. So I don't think I'll ever get to call him, no matter how many years I do, I won't get to call him Alan like, uh, like Claude and Karen do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You, you never, who, him Al. Uh, oh.
1: Yeah, you will never call him Al.
2: I accidentally called him Sugar once and it
1: doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. Uh, In 2018, Climb Online won Team of the Year at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. How significant was this in terms of your own personal achievements?
2: The team winning Team of the Year was significant for the success of the business and that was more to do with the actual team winning that award than it was for me I think in my career being listed on Forbes 30 under 30 has had the biggest impact outside of winning the apprentice and winning entrepreneur of the year uh, in the UK in 2018 had a big impact um, as well Um, just it's all about perception you know before I went on The Apprentice. I couldn't get a meeting with a carpet shop to sell them advertising. No one would meet with me. I was this young guy from Australia. No one would meet with me. As soon as I went on The Apprentice, I could get a meeting with Emirates in their boardroom. And I was still the same guy. I still knew all of the same stuff. And what I found is with awards and getting yourself out there, it's all about credibility. You know, just like before I did the podcast with Josh, you check who the other people have been on the podcast and you see big names and you think, oh, you know, he's interviewed big names. That must mean I'm a big name. Do you know what I mean? So it's the same with apprentice and winning awards. It gives you credibility for what you can go on to do in the future.
1: And looking back at your career, what's your proudest achievement? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um,
2: it's really funny because I've been saying recently like the apprentice is the biggest blessing and a curse thing ever to have happened because it's completely changed my life in every single way, financially, given me business, mentoring, financing, all of that stuff. But it's the only thing people talk to me about. I've done all of these things in my life. And for nine weeks, I did this one thing, but it's, it's the only thing in 32 years Uh, people talk to me about Um, but it has to be winning the apprentice is probably my proudest achievement in terms of business success uh, in in my life so hopefully I go on to do something bigger I don't know what that would be um, but I'll need to think of something pretty big to ellipse that and what's next for
1: Mark Wright
2: oh gosh Um, right now my businesses, fortuitously, I'm touching wood here, are doing better than ever. We're absolutely booming. I've just invested in my fifth startup company uh, and I want to take do two things. I want to launch my agencies internationally in Australia and America and I would love to put a company public taking a company from a private uh, startup company through and taking it, scaling it to go public. That would be an amazing um, challenge. And to keep doing my ClimbCon business festival uh, as well. But right now I'm just enjoying the journey of, uh, of scaling my businesses. And then maybe one day uh, I can take Lord Sugar's job as the boss uh, on the show, where, because I, my, right now my job is to get as rich as him. So I can go and do all the hiring and the investing.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
3: Uh, anything else?
1: Yeah. No, that's brilliant. We've uh, we've reached the end of uh, the questioning. <laughs> Can I ask Josh a question? Yeah. Go for it.
2: Yeah. So everyone, one of the top questions when I host my business events, one of the top questions people give me is how I stay motivated. To run my businesses and and stay, you know, keep working as hard as I did when I started. What I wanted to ask you, Josh, is is given all your circumstances, how you motivate yourself to do everything amazing that you do. What is it that that you do to motivate yourself?
3: Name to me, love said, oh, that's a good move. Yeah, that's a my, oh, you move,
1: yeah, he's uh, he's grown up in a mainstream lifestyle. He's had that life, so he sort of set a standard for himself to just continue that and be on a level pegging with his peers. Yep, yeah, yeah. I think you're doing better than your peers.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, i Um, my.
1: Yeah, so it's evolving. His podcast website's evolving. So the next stage is, which he's planning now, he's taking the podcast on tour on the road around a few different places in the UK. So, uh, yeah, he set up a couple of shows with uh, a couple of different celebrities and it's sort of like an in in conversation sort of talk show with each of them. Oh, mate, that's
3: amazing. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So at the moment he's just trying to get exposure for that, and just trying to uh, you know spread out to the world and uh, you know get, get some interest, drum up uh, you know all that sort of thing, and. Uh, get as much exposure yeah. and as much talk about it as possible. So, yeah, that's the next stage. That's the expanding your brand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, listen, you're doing a pretty pretty awesome job. And if any, if I can do anything to help at all, um, yeah. just reach out. I know a bit about digital marketing and uh, I know a few big names that maybe you could be a, a stop on your roadshow. show. As well. But um, guys, it's my absolute pleasure, and I've really enjoyed meeting you both. Um, and I appreciate you asking me to do this. Uh, we appreciate it
3: too. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah.
1: Josh will let you know when this interview goes out on his um, website and all the social media. So he'll send you the link and then you can have a look at yourself and then maybe do a bit of sharing on his behalf if you don't mind. hundred percent. Who's more famous, Josh, me or you? Who
2: do you think? I, I think it might be you. <laughs> I might get more followers from this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: You but you realize that you are Yeah, yeah. you your brain I do right
1: yeah, you'll soon um, see that Josh has um, a bit of a niche audience, so uh, if you wanted to extend your sort of uh, market to middle-aged anoraks, uh, people who have the British comedy through the years, then feel free, but uh, that's his sort of, uh, you know, that's your audience, isn't it? You know, that's just, those are your people. <laughs>
2: I'll take what I can get these days. <laughs> I'll take what I can <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Thank
0: you very
2: much. <laughs> All right. it's been good. Guys, good to see you. have a good afternoon. <laughs> see you later.
0: Appreciate thank you. Thank the subject you. of another Beyond the Title interview. If you liked this, why not browse the website and see if there's anything else that takes your fancy. Don't forget to like our Facebook page to receive updates on forthcoming interviews and to see more information about me and what I do. Thanks again and hopefully see you next time.